she waddles through this land, pregnant with dreams of liberation, with nowhere to birth them. Her water breaks in an attempt to cleanse the rot of patriarchy, but in turn baptizes her as less than human. But this feminist understands that the power of her voice and clenched fist shall reclaim her freedom. Not yet, Uhuru, the new voice of the women's liberation movement. Welcome to Not Yet Uhuru, which airs from 3 till 4. I mean, there's still so much work to do. I mean, we're speaking truth to power right here on EJFM Drive 95.4. You're hanging out with myself, Pumzilengkuta. How osleable. You don't want to talk to me. Oh, darling, I thought you will tell them that you are not only with yourself, you oh, are with me too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> How are you doing, Osleable? I am fine. I'm so happy to be back. As you know, last week... Uh, Friday, we had Black Women Caucus, of course, who yes. were here on the Not Yet Uhuru slot, uh, talking about women in the struggle and how they were not even represented in the in the in the songs and the struggle songs. Mm, mm. And we've got the video on uh, our Soul City Facebook page if you wanna uh, check out what went down on um, the show on Friday. Yes, yeah. So we are continuing, you know, with our conversations because it's Not Yet Uhuru. Now, last week, Monday, we spoke about feminism, you know, and talked about the differences we have with regards to the issue. This was done so that we can set the tone for all the not yet Uhuru shows to come. Now, today we get into the actual content of the Speaking Truth to Power show. Um, Oslebu, please tell us what Speaking Truth to Power is all about. Uh, speaking Truth to Power Pumzile, it's about looking at news, politics and current affairs from yes. a feminist uh, uh, lens. It is reflecting on a number of issues such as leadership, such as things that are happening in our political mm. uh, landscape yeah. from a feminist eye. So yes. um, that is what the show is about. That's right. Now on today's show, we're also looking, I mean, we're looking at gender policies in political organizations. Of course, you can join the conversation and have your say. All you got to do is tweet us at soulcity underscore say alternatively at ujfm now Oslebu, what are your thoughts on this do you believe in this 50 50 gender policies really have an impact on the organizational catch of political parties so i think the idea that we should look at equal representation yes. is a very good one mm. what i have a problem with is how it has become just a slogan mm. personally mm. i don't think that uh, political organizations take it seriously. Yes. I don't, th I think the, the, the different movements are still very masculine. Yeah. But I don't even think that is the, is the, is the movements alone. I think our expectation from political leadership is that it is a thing that is done by men mm. and you must be an exceptional woman to be doing it. And I really feel that from our ruling party to many organizations, mm. we then see how even what we call the, the women formations yes, of yes. political organizations, how they themselves can become anti-women. And it has made me to question what we mean by saying 50-50. Yeah. Because it's sometimes as if we want to tick a box of saying we are being politically correct by saying we need women and women are important and women can lead. Yes, but yes. what must... How, how does the, 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 the culture uh, of the organization changes when they say that? And I don't think that that aspect has been 
and you know has been dealt mm. with and then i mean th- th- that that is a very in-depth statement to say and then h- how do the how do you think you know these organizations often erase women's contributions according to you well i think what you know and, and women leaders will tell you who mm. have joined this uh, uh, political movements they will or women in politics in general they will tell you what a struggle for themselves personally mm. has been and i think it's because all of these organizations happen and exist within a patriarchal society yes, so yes. the expectation is that you will be a strong woman in politics and i have heard even some pastors and priests saying it you know mm. you can be a leader or a ceo yes, or whatever yeah. but when you get home you must be the wife i actually don't understand mm. what that means there should be a know? difference they say there should yeah, be a difference absolutely yeah. and mm. and i've i've also heard women being proud of it you know i can be a ceo at work but when i get home you know i you know i submit or whatever mambo jumbo mm, they, they they talk about i personally say it's mambo jumbo it's my words and i can defend <laughs> why i say that yeah. so i think therefore the face of many organizations yes. even if there are strong and powerful women in there are still male and masculine and the and the and the and the contribution of women mm. is often not seen. Okay. Now Osleb before we get deeper into this conversation I, I just want to take you back a bit. I mean you 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 talking about you the fact that you don't understand, you know, how women, you know, act a certain role at work and then have to, you know, you you don't understand how that could be done by ladies but then my question is but does it but does does it really make sense if you are let's say for instance a ceo at your workplace and then you get home you have a husband also you have that controlling personality does it really make sense you see i think even the phrasing of you've got a controlling personality is yeah. patriarchal in its own mm. nature i don't understand what's a patriarchal uh, thingy i don't want to have schizophrenia i'm one person wherever i go yeah if you are going to trust me in the workplace yes that i will apply all of my skills where i'm needed to be hard i'll be hard where i'm needed to be soft mm. i'll be soft where i'm needed to to negotiate i'll negotiate where yeah. i'm needed to compromise i'll compromise please just because i've got a vagina mm. do not ask me to be a different being when i get home and the only reason that we yes. are asking people with vaginas to be different when mm. they get home is because of patriarchy mm. if you trust that i can lead a country yes do not ask me to be a different person the only reason you are asking me to be a different person and it is not even flattering to men is that you are basically saying oh poor thing he's got such a fragile ego yes, give sensitive. him false power mm. i don't roll like that i don't want people like that in 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 my life yes. you are going if if the two of us agree that we are going to be in a relationship or we are going to have a home together mm. we are going to bring both of our, our good skills to making that home to make it work yeah yeah there are no skills uh, 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 except to penetrate somebody that are in a vagina there are no special skills that are in a i mean in a penis there are no special skills in a vagina so the fact that one is male one is female should not really rule who makes those decisions mm. and when we start saying you know the controlling yes. um you, you, for me it's 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 underestimating and, and 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 completely insulting not only to the woman but to the to the to the man if if you if if you say that so yeah. if i am going to be good at finances yes i want to be good at finances mm. and i'm not going to give you two bob to divide into four or five cents just to make you feel good if you are male and you are good at cooking cook 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, because Share that's what duties. you are good. <laughs> it's not even for me about sharing the duties. It's mm. when you are in a home, you negotiate who is good at what, regardless of what the agenda is. And that's mm. exactly how homes must operate. Mm. That is very in-depth indeed. Now, after the break, we'll be talking to advocate Magdalene Munsemi, who is the former Treasurer General of the Economic Freedom Fighters, who left the organization to head up her own illegal femme. And later on, we'll also be joined by Usamgele, Simamgela, beg your pardon, who possesses a master's degree in African literature. You know, her research was focused on the contributions of the women of the economic freedom fighters. Yeah, so do join the conversation and have your say. Please, please tweet us at at soulcity underscore SA or at UJFM. We are speaking truth to power right here on UJFM Drive on 95.4. Not yet. Not yet Uhuru presents hashtag Dear University. You are listening to Not Yet Uhuru, brought to you by the Soul City Institute. Yay, and welcome back to Not Yet Uhuru that we are having here, a partnership with Soul City and UJFM. Do tweet us at at soulcity underscore sa and at ujfm today we are talking about gender policies in political organizations we are talking about women the 50 50 gender policies and whether or not women feel that they've got spaces in this in these political organizations and i'm very very excited to be joined by one young woman i admire and mm. respect simam hi sima Okay. Oh wow, it sounds like we lost her. Okay, we'll try to get her back on the line. Yes, okay. So as we were saying, today we are talking about um, gender policies in political organizations. I mean, I, I just feel that I'm, I'm so conflicted about even with the build-up to the ANC conference about are we ready for a woman's, uh, a, a woman president? I think for me, I find that a little bit, um, you know, I find even my own views um, about it a little bit, um, you know, worrying because firstly, the question that Mm. we can even be in a place where we question whether or not we need a woman president. Of course. Um, Yeah, of course. We are not talking about do we need a capable president. Mm. But on another level, I, I sort of understand why that is a question. Because I think it acknowledges the fact that uh, 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 women um, find it very hard mm. to occupy those those spaces yes. because you know political organizations yeah. are a subsystem of our very patriarchal society. Mm. But I also then ask myself: Is every woman pro woman? You know, should I just mm. accept? that it is you because you are female and we are both female. Mm. And I must say, um, what happened with Fezeka uh, during the the, the rape trial, for me, does not give me a a lot of comfort in saying women, all women can be pro-women and Mm. women can be pro-women. The images that were happening outside of the courts, Mm. the things that she was called, the Mm. things that were said about her, make me actually say we need to look a little bit deeper under the gender of the person around what you know what what politics they hold so it is not 
only for me because that can be rhetoric right that can just be mm. about okay let's have a female and i have seen in how in many instances we have had females even in boards even in leadership positions and completely frustrated them i, I don't know what your view is do you think we need a female president does any woman matter to you by being president um Oslebo, you know what it's it's not even it's it's not even about gender with me you know the fact that we are questioning gender you know it, it raises my eyebrows i i simply believe if if you have the 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 qualities if you have the personality if you have the qualifications if i think you've got what it takes then it really doesn't matter um whether you male or female i believe that as long as you have what it takes then you're absolutely capable of doing you know any job and you know if you've just joined us and you sort of like asking yourself what we're talking about Oslebu you know just touched base on the fact that you know even Kostazana Zuma's nomination was was questioned you know by the Amakosa King whereby he he came out publicly and stated that he he believes South Africa is not ready to be led by a woman so yeah that's that's the that's the topic that we're talking about today yeah so I mean I think it's one thing for women to be in these political uh, organizations, and it's a pity that Sima is not here with us. But oh, I think we have her on the line. Hi, Sima. <laughs> are you with us? Sima, hi. Hello. Oh, hey, Sima. Great that you joined us. I was saying. Thank uh, you for having me. Oh, I was man. saying that you are just one young woman I admire a lot, and I think you can share a lot of light in the whole issue of gender policies in political organizations. And, 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 and what is happening inside. I know that you even did a master's uh, on this very topic. So yes. do you just want to tell us a little bit about what your master's uh, was about and, and, and what your key findings were? So thank you for having me on. I admire the both of you um, and great conversation. I've been listening in. Yeah. So my master's was um, titled um, Asijiki, Black Women in the Economic Freedom Fighters, Owning Space and Building a Movement. Yes. I was interested in unpacking um, or investigating the EFF's gender policies yeah. um, and whether they have a theoretical grounding to gender-based, um, to whether it's gender-based violence or the economic empowerment of women or just anything that is affecting women, black women particularly in this country. And also, most importantly, it was to archive the work uh, women are doing in building the movement because we always talk about how women are erased from history, how mm. they are erased from political parties when we talk about, for instance, the history of the UDF, mm. the history yeah. of the ANC, in fact, yes. the, issue, the, the, the history of liberation movements in the continent and elsewhere in the world is that we often talk, speak about the men in these movements. We forget that women actually build these movements daily by building branches, by giving political yes. direction, mm. by fundraising in different capacities. So my work was to archive that work because so that we don't forget these struggle icons like we've forgotten, forgotten many other struggle icons. But broadly, I, I, in my investigation of EFS gender discourses, I, what I found was, which mm. was lacking, was a theoretical grounding mm. um, of, 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 of African feminism or African feminisms. 
Yeah. Uh, because when they they claim to be a Marxist, Leninist, and Fanonianist party, yes. which is good ideologically, but where is the African feminism in that theoretical grounding? For me, I'm interested to know mm. what Pumla Gola would say about this 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 theoretical grounding. What Sylvia Timale from Uganda would say, because there are many African women. Uh, black women in the world, whether it's in Patricia Hill Collins or Bell Hooks in America, where it's Bimbi Titi, who was a part of the, 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 the anti-colonial movement in Tanzania, what they have to say about the economic liberation of black yeah. women in the country. Because black women have been doing work to think, to theorize, to conceptualize, to movement girls about issues of uh, women empowerment, about issues of of basically mainstreaming um, gender in politics. But often those voices are not heard, they're neglected. Instead, we look to men thinkers like Marx, who are Mm. white men from Europe, actually. Mm. Um, We are looking to Fanon. Fanon was a great anti-colonial thinker. But Fanon, these days, when it comes to issues of black women in this country, is limited. So for me, my, my, my appeal to the party was basically to say, look at what black women have said about themselves. Yes. Look at the theories of black women who have spoken to these issues. They've spoken to issues of representation. They've spoken to issues of how to build a feminist political movement. Mm, mm. Like you were saying earlier about the Fezegas um, case, yes. is that it showed us the ANC Women's League was not a feminist movement. Yeah, yeah. It was in its founding, maybe, because I, I read literature on the ANC Women's League. Mm. Women like Charlotte Maskeke, women like um, um, Daniel Mbeki held emancipatory discs in exile. Mm. So they were doing the work in exile, they were doing the work in the country. Women like Lila Ngoli, they were, do- they were doing the work. But yeah. we often neglect that work when it comes to present-day issues. And yeah. we so ca- to men. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question, Sima, because I think this is important. We are having a discussion in the country, particularly as a lead-up to the ANC elective conference, about are we ready for a woman president? president? Yeah. How do those yeah. words, how does that sentence make you, make you feel? And, and a follow-up question for me will be, what does it also uh, uh, mean? Is it only about we've got a woman, we've ticked the box, or, 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 or do we need something more? And, and another question, sorry to, to, to layer them, is if we are saying she can not only be a female or a woman, she must also, you know, uh, uh, be a feminist. Are we giving women even much more? Because I don't hear people saying even the male leaders must be feminist. You know, we, are, we, we mm. seem to be asking so much of, 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 of women leaders. So I, I want you to, to answer the three, because I think for me they are interrelated. I think the sentence, if we are ready for women women, makes me nar. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it makes me just nar, mm. basically, because there are so many women, capable women leaders in the country who, yeah. who, who can be president. Um, even you, Sislebo, you can be a president of this country if you want, if you are part of a political organization. Mm, but all mm. of these women who can be president don't necessarily, are not necessarily in party political structures. Yeah. It's, I think it's our whole entire system of electing a woman candidate. They have to go through a political party line, mm. which is very patriarchal. All political parties in this country are patriarchal inherently. I believe that as a fact. 
Mm. Um, and I hope um, uh, Advocate Madeline Muntamai can mm. speak uh, more uh, on, uh, on, on the nature of, of the yes. mm. And if, when women filter through the system, as, as higher, the higher they go, the more obstacles they face. Yeah, yeah and, absolutely. And so for me, is that, that question, we, are, we have so many capable women leaders in this country. And I think, but it's, it's the inherent nature of, this, of politics in this country that mm. makes us not see them mm. and makes us question them. Mm. And question they, but also we must not romanticize women. And I'm, I'm against that thing of romanticizing a woman just because she's a woman. Yes. What is her track record? Yeah, um, sure. What are her capabilities? What, mm. for instance, Yes. Um, so for me, her track record as an administrator of governance in this country, for instance, what she did with the home affairs, mm. what she's done in issues around health, etc., in the country. Um, people who have spoken about her tenure at the AU have said she tried her best in a patriarchal system that is the AU system. Mm. So, but for me, her track record when it comes to issues of gender-based violence in the country, I don't know it. I don't know when Sezeka was being ostracized. What Where she was, was she? Doing. Yeah. Where was she? I don't. Mm. I wish I knew. Maybe mm. I would support her. Yeah. But I don't know. So I'm not going to romanticize her. But for instance, there's a woman who I admire in the in the DA, for instance, in Berlin, Julie. Yes. She is speaking against white supremacy in the party. She's speaking against patriarchy in the party. She's doing so much. Yeah. But. Are we seeing her really as yeah. women, not only just as women, as a woman in the DA, but as a full political and human subject? Mm. Yeah. Are we recognizing her for her fullness? Yeah, I- I'm happy you raised issues of the political parties in this country are inherently um, a- 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 a patriarchal, because I also worry that the only time we raise issues about the male candidates who stand. It's not about their feminist history. It's yeah. about whether or not they have slept with young girls or not. You know, mm. so the only time you discuss their role in feminism is mm. when you then can find a scandal somewhere. And in fact, yeah. women become the kind of pawn in the in the dirty game of politics. Mm. You know, so all of a sudden, and um, even. Uh, what I will call has beans like Kenny Kunene will have a website because there's some allegations that Ramaphosa slept with 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 with, with women, somebody yeah. and and will not even mm-hmm. blink an eyelid to put those women out there because in fact we, women are only useful to men and to the fight when they are pawns in the fight yeah. you know uh, by men but not as leaders in their own in their own right. Um, so story. just your thoughts, and maybe we, 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 we wrap up the conversation. True story. And we don't ask uh, what men, um, were, the political record when it comes to gender-based violence. And for me, the, the IEC moment when we were accused of protecting uh, rapists in the AFF, for instance, after the, the IEC protest was, 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 was a crucial moment, for instance, we, for instance, the CIC had to apologize. Yes, we had to yes. call him out. We had to mm. call up all of those who were involved, whether it was men or women, in in gender-based violence. I mean, in the in the violation of physical Kuzwayo, and he apologized. Yeah. And for me, male leadership like that, who because we are all fallible human beings, we all make mistakes. I remember I used to when I was in a teenager, I used to believe that some girls 
um, call for rape. Why yeah. are you, I used to be Don't that you? church girl oh who used to say, gosh. what were you wearing? Mm, you know, yes. because of the society I grew up in. And so are uh, male leaders. But we must look at male leadership now who who has a check. Me, I will never vote for a president. Even the CIC knows. What is his views? I'm in the EFF yes. because I ask him, what are your views on gender-based violence? And they, they know that they have to step up. They, they know that there are young women who are calling for the gendering of economic freedom. Mm. Economic freedom, for instance, will not meet anything, will not mean anything without black women. Who are the most dispossessed in this country? It's black women. Who are the landless people in mm. this country? It's black women. And so any political party for me that doesn't speak to those issues yes, is flawed. Yes. And to be honest, there's no political party in this country that currently meets the fault, whether even the men, even the women in these parties, we need we new we need new imagination. Yes. So the question whether are we ready for a female president to go back again is that we must ask what kind of president we, do we imagine, what yes. kind of president do we want? Yes. Whether it's whether it's a trans woman, whether it's a queer woman, we also need to move away from these binaries of men and women. Yeah. They are trans women, they are queer women. I would like to be led by a queer women. Can we have that conversation too? Of course. Mm. Of she course. even make it in this patriarchal system? Mm. Would she even make it? Yeah. Because they will question her sexuality, her sex life. They will not even interrogate her leadership position, um, um, her leadership quality. Now, okay, Simamgele, yeah. briefly, uh, moving forward, how do we ensure a healthy space for women in political organizations? Can you please elaborate on that? I know you've touched base on certain issues, but then how it's, do we ensure? It's, it's yeah, an important question. It's yeah. an important question. Building feminist organizations and feminist principles. We need to also the idea of feminism. It's so. It's, it's, it can be confusing to some because we need to have... There was a study by Mail and Guardian a few years ago about how many people can self-identify as feminists. And there were few, even just research, basically, even when you... Even your radio station. How many people in your radio station would identify as feminists? Hmm. For me, we need to have a holistic, whether it's politics, whether it's the church, our country is is patriarchal. Our country, our entire country. Yeah. So moving forward, we need to look at all these spaces where patriarchy flourishes, and then and then begin to have a conversation as a country holistically. And how do we become a feminist country? There are countries, for instance, like um, like Denmark, that offer healthcare to women. There are countries around the world where. They are more feminist than others. How do we create a feminist country where we have free sanitary pads, where women don't be, they are not taxed for having menstrual cycles. Women are taxed for that. It's not, it's not cool for me. It's the, the system is flawed. So for me, moving forward is that how do we then make sure that the entire system is feminist? How do we make sure that we are breeding feminist warriors from a young age, whether it's men, whether they are queer, whether they are heterosexual, whether, how are we breeding feminist academics who are teachers, who are teaching our kids, pastors? It's a wider conversation that has to be holistic in society and not only be centered in, 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 in um, one form of society like politics. Yes. Um, if you've just joined us, that was Simamgele Lakavu, who's a master's graduate in African literature, you know, telling us about her research and why it is important. Now, Samgele, uh, Simamgele, thank you so much for sharing, you know, at your, for sharing uh, your information with us. 
Thank you so much for having me, both of you. Thank you so much, Sislip. Thank you, Sima. Thank you. You are listening to Not Yet Uhuru, brought to you by the Soul City Institute. We are speaking truth to power right here on UJFM Drive 95.4. Of course, uh, you can join the conversation and have your say. All you got to do is tweet us at soulcity underscore say. Alternatively, at UJFM, we're talking about the contributions of women in political organizations. Yeah, that's right, Pumzile. And we are honored uh, to have our second guest who's with us right here on um, in studio, uh, Magdalene Monsami, who is an admitted attorney of the High Court, a founder of Women's Justice Foundation, an international human rights activist, an LGBTQI activist, and a contributor to society. Welcome, welcome, Magdalene. How are you this afternoon? Thank you so much for having me, uh, <laughs> yeah. Lebo and the rest of the team. It's yes. wonderful. This yeah. afternoon has been very sunny. <laughs> yes. Uh, but the mornings are cold. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it well, feels though. like there's general confusion. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Not only with the weather, but just... <laughs> yeah. Tell us a, a little bit about your history in, 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 in politics. You've been with the ANC Youth League and then you joined the EFF. What really made you join political uh, organizations? Mm. Um, I've been a human rights activist uh, before I can remember. Uh Uh, And I think that that has always been the most important uh, underlying value of myself. Mm -hmm. If I see something wrong being done by one person to another, I take it personally. Mm -hmm. I take it into my heart to such an extent that I feel the pain of the victim and I feel the anger that I want to express on the perpetrator. (laughs) (laughs) So I imagine that you were very young when you joined the ANC. Very young, yeah. uh, Yeah. How was that experience for you as a young person and as a young woman? It was an uh, enormous experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was very enormous. It was a beautiful experience. Uh, One of the women that I interacted with at the time was Liz Hickman. Uh, It was also an experience, remember, where we were schooled uh, separately. So in order to have access to any kind of uh, opportunity of interacting with uh, politics or interacting with feminism and understanding the concept was difficult. I think at that time, what was most exciting about it was that comrades were not seen as men and women because they carried the same AK-47s. They marched the same march. Mm. You know, they fought the same struggle. Mm. So there may have been the perceptions, but if you have to take a different lens... Mm into the phases uh, that women's struggle have gone through from the time of the establishment of the Bantu Women's League and mm. prior and going yes. further into the establishment of the ANC mm. uh, Women's League, you'll see that it has been mm. also uh, a journey of complexities yeah. mm. uh, that mm. have uh, 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 internalized in politics and I feel at this point yeah. um, okay let's not go there let me see what was <laughs> that it like that is exactly then? where I what, wanted you what to was go it like then that was going to be my question I yeah. loved it you know we grew up in uh, uh, t-shirts of comrades and, yes, uh, yes. and, and, and cargo pants mm. yeah um, today what we see is very different yeah uh, we lived for the struggle yeah, yeah. Um, we breathed the struggle mm. 
So uh, it was the most, that was our family. Yeah. And why did you leave? I'm the a, ANC I'm, I'm a member of society. I, we did not leave the ANC okay. Youth League. You know, there was a, a point of disbandment. There was uh, activities okay. that were the, the lack of tolerance towards ideas, etc. Uh, but we continued to mm-hmm. remain activists. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we will continue to remain activists for what we understood the ideology to be, mm-hmm. the unity of the African people, mm. uh, to understand what equality means to all, mm. uh, because not all are there's too many terms going out there and you don't know which to place as priority yeah uh, but the exciting thing is that we're never going to change our soul mm. who we are and what we want to do and make better for the generations that must still come yeah no, but, but I guess the questions I'm asking, sorry, okay. sorry, Pindi, is is your experiences as a woman in the in the political organizations mm. because you then went and joined the EFF, yes, which you also left, and and I want you to track for us just your experiences. You spoke about the the, the change or the different mm. faces even of the ANC, which is quite a, a historic organization. One would imagine that it will go through faces. What were some of the changes in these organizations, you know, um, or your experiences in these organizations as a woman um, uh, in in the organizations? Uh, you know, were they uh, enabling for you to be a leader or did you feel that in some instances you were stifled to be the leader that you wanted to be? I don't think all of us who are activists have ever intended to be leaders Mm -hmm. because we lead from the ground. We're part of the ground. Mm. Uh, Those who want to be leaders or those who, if the organization sees potential in you, Mm. uh, like uh, your organization may see potential in you to be a leader, Mm. uh, then it might be that it suits you and you will accept that responsibility. Uh, And it's easy for men and women in political organizations anybody whose potential is recognized can lead i think that is traditionally mm-hmm. where we come from okay. we know that our tambo was at some point yeah. a de facto president and he didn't he never said he was a president of mm. the anc mm. even though he was forced in that kind of space yeah. but times have changed yeah times have changed people want to lead people fight to lead people have ambition to lead the most important thing i think for me is yes. that the time has come where women are saying we are ready to lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, that, that brings me back to the question that I want to ask, uh, uh, you know, as to say, what are your thoughts w- with regards to the issue around the fact that there's gender inequality with regards to political organizations? You know, the fact that, you know, in other political organizations, women are not given, you know, opportunities, uh, same as men. Well, of course, I think that, you know, one of the things I overheard Simam Keller speak about yeah. was the issue of patriarchy. And patriarchy, unfortunately, it's, it, it, it's, it's not a, an issue that is uh, established or an issue that, is, that comes out of a simple uh, party politics. Patriarchy is a, in my view, patriarchy is a, uh, um, 
an unwanted donation mm. uh, of colonialism. Yeah. It came with the idea that we as a group <laughs> of men are going to sit down and decide who yes, takes which yes. part of Africa. Yeah. And uh, thereafter, we will decide how we will share it, split it and invest and receive return on investment. Uh, but there has never been a moment where, uh, because Africa is a matriarchal society, mm. Uh, if you have to go even into Marx feminism, you will understand that Marx calculates the social household. What is the contribution of a woman outside her being an employee or an employer? Mm. The fact that she does household work makes her... Um, also, uh, an additional earner yes, in terms yes, of the kind yeah. of contribution that she makes. So, I, I yes, I think that I, I'm, I'm delighted. I'm excited. We've been waiting for a very long time. Mm-hmm. There was a time when Angie Motsecha said, uh, we are not ready for a female president. Yeah, I remember those um, days. And I think w- w- yeah. what disturbs me even more is to say, what kind of female woman president do we want? That's yeah. what Simon Kele says. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, without fever and uh, without any kind of need of favor, what kind of male president have you had? Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's a very good what question. kind of male presidents have we had? And that's so the conversation what I was saying. Having, yeah. And that is the bottom line of the understanding of feminist thinking. Mm. Whether you're a man or you're a woman yeah. and you have and you take exception mm. to the right of a woman to her determination, it makes you a feminist. Yes. And if we can say, Oh, let's think about it, maybe we're not ready right now. Let's look at it what kind of a female president do we want do we have women with credibility yes Mm. yeah Mm. Do we have women who are able to stand up and take the task? Yes, yeah. we do. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but I think for me, what, what the challenge is, is the public discourse. That this whole discussion about are we ready for a woman president or not, we are facing. And I think you and Sima, and it was a question that I, I, I asked earlier around, you know, um, and not only is that not an irritating question, which is what Sima um, uh, said, but are we, are we asking the same? Of, 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 of men but, but it doesn't society also recognize males as the default leader more than they do that of, of women I mean I, I look at the, at the EFF uh, Floyd um, uh, Ndozi and Malema you know become if we think and, and, and Mbofu become the face of who we think the EFF is I don't know how many women leaders of the EFF I know and if you were to give me four or five uh, uh, pictures I'd be able to name them like like I know the other four is there no duty in these organizations to pay a lot more attention on in fact how uh, we also as political organizations or how they also present themselves to the world around even the women uh, 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 who are there, who are formidable forces in all of these um, organizations. You are correct. It is the perception of society. Mm. The perception of society is patriarchal. Mm. Africa is matriarchal. Mm. We had a system in Africa, uh, a prior colonialism, where the woman understood what her responsibility was yeah. and the man understood what his responsibility yeah. It was an egalitarian society. But it no longer where, is. 
Yes, no, that mm. is fine. Mm. I'm saying that if we do not uproot where the difficulty around what society perceives mm. and we perce- we feed society's perception. Yeah. The media feeds it. Yeah. Our choices mm. feed it. Mm. The way we structure our values and our cultures feed it. We've seen the world change their perception. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The global geopolitic with Angela Merkel, with uh, Hillary Clinton. Um, there is a lady in, uh, in in Australia with, you know, there's, there's, there's the Brazilian president. Um, there is... Um, um, uh, it's it's just sorry I, I, my mind is all over the place okay. but the reality is social perception is changing mm. yeah mm. and as a continent we need to embrace not it's simply it's change mm. but we need to force the hand of the demographic mm. the problem that we are unable to boldly enough as women take on is that we are 52% of the population. That's true. If we were having an argument and you were saying to me, I'm 10% of the population, I want to be a female president, I'll say, guys, we're going to have a very serious problem because we all don't drink beer. Mm. Mm. And then we're not going to find each other in the bar. Mm. The the differences and the divisions that exist amongst women, I think it was uh, Mama Lindy Vesisulu who made a point that said, who decided... Who's going to be the president? Mm. Uh, who in the Women's League decided who is going to be the yes. president? And yes. that is correct. Yes. Yeah. There has to be solidarity in any struggle, mm. like a solidarity for political freedom. Yeah. There has to be a solidarity of women in a fight which involves feminism. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Now, we are in studio with advocate Magdalene Munsami talking to us. Sorry, an attorney. Of the pardon. high court. Of the high court, yes. <laughs> yes. With Magdalene Munsami talking to us about the experiences of women in political organizations. Now, um, Magdalene, we'd love to have you in studio, you know, at for, 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 for more hours. Mm. But due to time constraint, we have to end the interview. Yeah. But, but thank you so much for, for your thoughts. It's been an insightful conversation. It's it, it's been open minding, right? It's, it's, yeah. It's been eye opening. I beg your pardon. Yeah, I think you've got so much to share, and and I'm sure you came prepared for more and more and more. I'm also sorry that we've run out of time, but if you have just tuned in, you are listening to the last bits of Not Yet Uhuru right here on UJFM Drive, brought to you by the Soul City Institute for Social Justice.
she waddles through this land, pregnant with dreams of liberation, with nowhere to birth them. Her water breaks in an attempt to cleanse the rot of patriarchy, but in turn baptizes her as less than human. But this feminist understands that the power of her voice and clenched fist shall reclaim her freedom. Not yet, Uhuru, the new voice of the women's liberation movement. <laughs>